this November in Texas and the leaves are covering the ground and this is Resident Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I'm your host. Welcome back, everybody. First of all, let me apologize for the last episode. I, I don't do the best of thing unless I absolutely have to, and it just came down last month to it being that way. So uh, we hope to have y'all some good and usable information on this particular episode, um, and we'll see how that works out. Where feedback's concerned, we're probably going to move. We're going to move feedback a little further back down the uh, back down the line because we're having to cover feedback for two two episodes on uh, on this particular show. So uh, let's start off with some uh, some other stuff. First and foremost, in my mind at this time is. Uh, Two days ago, there was a shooting at Fort Hood, Texas. Now, uh, being in Texas and having spent a lot of time in the Temple Colleen, uh, Waco area in the past, my heart goes out to these people. Uh, we had a tragedy down there about 20 years ago where a guy did something similar. And uh, it, it it's really something that is devastating. We have such a great great relationship here in texas with armed forces and these guys are doing the best they can with the situation they've got and uh, it just this is just another thing that should not have happened and that's that's the upside is that uh, no fewer people were hurt than were and uh, it was drawn to a conclusion rather quickly so please spend some time thinking about the uh, the folks down at fort hood and uh, let me say especially that uh, Kimberly Munley, Kimberly Munley is the uh, civilian police officer who stopped the shooter down there. She's in the hospital in, uh, I believe, Temple, uh, Scott White Hospital in Temple, where they're uh, doing their best to fix her back up. She's going to she's gonna uh, come through okay, I guess, but uh the injury list that I heard, she's probably not going to be able to pursue her law enforcement career, uh, at least not actively. She may end up having to go into administration. But uh, if any, any of you folks down in uh, in that area are listening to uh, this particular podcast, y'all talk to Kimberly. You tell her she's a true American hero, and she needs to bask in that for a while. And there ain't nobody going to fault her for it because she did a fantastic job fantastic job of taking care of business down there okay now i've run my head about that uh let's move on to it's uh coming on christmas time y'all and we have been getting some serious serious uh uh click throughs over to amazon from the website and i appreciate every single one of you that goes over there and purchases something because like i said before we get a little bit of little bit of a cut that we receive as uh, gift certificates and we can use that to reinvest in equipment and stuff like that and it's really really helpful in fact there was one particular item that sold over there that brought us 25 dollars and uh, uh y'all just keep it up especially now that it's christmas time you can uh you can click through and order your stuff off of there get it shipped to you and it'd be here in time to uh unwrap on christmas morning so y'all go over to blacksparrowmedia.com and click through from the uh, Amazon link over there and uh, go on over and do your business because that's really, really helping us out. I'd also like to thank uh, Tim, KI6BGE, who sent a donation uh, this past month. Uh, Tim is like the second highest donator 
I never would have thought it, but Tim is the second highest donator since we started production, uh, almost three years ago, over three years ago, however long it's been. He is, uh, number two on the donation list. So, uh, Tim, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, y'all have heard Tim in the past. He sent us a segment and we played it at one point, uh, a few episodes back. Um, don't remember how many. However, but yes, uh, donations, we are donation driven. I mean, we, uh, especially in these hard economic times, and I understand that y'all are strapped, but we're strapped also. It's, uh, it costs money to, have a place to park these episodes it takes time to put them together it takes equipment and that kind of stuff so if y'all get a chance go over to the black sparrow media site or go over to the resonant frequency website and click on the donate uh, the donate uh, icon and go on over and drop something in there i mean i tell people you know if any episode is what is has helped you then it's probably worth a dollar so uh and we've taken donations as small as a dollar. You can't buy a Coke for that. So, uh, if you get the time, go on over and, uh, and drop a little something in there. Every little bit helps. So now we've, uh, we've, uh, expressed our happiness over, uh, our unhappiness over the Fort Hood situation. We've, uh, tried to stroke y'all for a donation. So let's move on to feedback now like i said i'm having to cover two shows so uh y'all bear with me a little bit first piece of feedback and this is going to be episode 37 i'll let y'all know when we move to 38 uh episode 37 the first piece of feedback is from noel wb0vgi and uh, noel writes great job on the podcast if you want to discuss space weather someday we can talk about it I do space physics research here at Augsburg College and operate a website or operate the site spaceaugsburg.edu, space.augsburg.edu. We have uh, live instruments for geophysical data in the uh, Arctic and Antarctic. We monitor magnetic fields, aurora, radio signals, electron precipitation, and many other parameters at unmanned observatories in the Antarctic. These are called AGOs, or Automatic Geophysical Observatories. In the Arctic, in the Arctic. No, in the Arctic, things are a little simpler in that we can sight our instruments at airports using their power and network connections to get back to the, get ba- to get data back in near real time. I operate some PSK-31, and some UHF VHF satellites from Harris, Minnesota in EN 3573, Noel, WB0VGI. Well, thank you, Noel. And, uh, yes, we probably need to do a more extensive, uh, uh, space weather thing. And I will probably be trying to get with you on that. Uh, we had, uh, one of the guys that does propagation over at the league come on in an early episode and we talked about uh, some space weather, but you never can get all the information you need to get in in a 30-minute interview. So uh, we will be getting back with you, Noel, and thank you for writing in. Uh, the next one for episode 37 comes from Paul over at uh, Teen Radio Journey. And it says, listening to episode 37 right now. 
If you need help, I would love to write show notes. Writing is one of my hobbies. Tell me if I'm up for the job. And Paul, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. Yes, we did put out a call for some help on uh, episode 37. Uh, as far as getting show notes done and that kind of stuff. And, uh, Paul was one of the people that responded. And, uh, I think Paul's got his hands full. He, he should have his license by now and, uh, be on the air. But thank you for, uh, writing in, Paul. And the next one comes from John EI7IG in reference to episode 37. I just listened to episode 37 of RF. And I have two main points. The megalomaniacs. Uh, from your description of the club, it has serious issues in any event a group participates. The capabilities of the organization should be matched to the requirements of the event. It cannot work well if someone dictates what radio technologies will be used, irrespective of the equipment club members have. I completely agree. It is the wrong way to do things. I try and not be a megalomaniac, but you should probably as someone, ask someone else. Uh, R-E-A-P-R-S, usefulness. I have to disagree with you on that one. We find it very useful, though it definitely isn't suitable for every event. And, yeah, I'll address that in a second. By the way, I use the uh, Kenwood THF7 handheld, and it seems to have a built-in charger for lithium battery, and it seems to go on forever. Cheers, John, EI7IG. Well, thank you, John, for writing on in. And, uh, you know, I was just uh, making a point. We may uh, revisit rude hams or uh, something to that effect later on in, uh, in the series here. And, uh, you're th- I will be, uh, probably bringing these emails back up when we do that. As far as APRS, okay. Uh, that's one of those points where we can agree to disagree. Uh, unfortunately, I come from the perspective of people that used, uh, real actual packet radio for a lot of years. And, uh, from my perspective and the perspective of guys like myself in a lot of cases, uh, it's a perversion of the actual protocol, which makes it, uh, much less useful. And I would have less against it if I didn't spend so many hours when I was testing Zastar and, uh, even UIView, uh, sometime, some years ago, sitting there watching the same cars, sitting in the same spot, chirping for 24, 36, 48 hours. And anyway, this is one of those situations where i suppose we can agree to disagree but thank you for writing in next one comes from doug n6 lmx and doug writes richard your latest episode struck a chord with me as i'm sure it did with quite a few listeners although i don't have anything as extreme as your position with a megalomaniac (laughs) i no longer support the local club for the arrogance found within the in that club our club was heavy with contesters whom i found to be the most arrogant people around i have never seen a group of hams that are less willing to help out a new ham 
and are quick to fault you for doing something wrong. I have only been licensed since 2002 and enjoy the hobby for the most part, except for all the contest talk on the repeaters. However, I was never fortunate enough to have an Elmer. I think a lot of operators these days forget what it was like to be a new ham. As a result, there's a perceived arrogance that has penetrated the hobby. It makes me sad to even call myself a ham radio operator. I hear stories of all these helpful Elmers, but none of them live around me. Thanks again for a wonderful and thought-provoking podcast. Well, Doug, thank you. And, uh, yeah, the, the deal is with contesters. Contesters are those that, uh, it takes a certain personality type to really be a contester. And you can't really fault the guys, but yes, they're like so many other ham radio operators nowadays. They have pretty much forgotten what it's like to be a new ham. And it gets to the point that after 10, 5, 10, 15 years that you get to thinking to yourself, well, I was never like that. But the fact of the matter is when I look back and I really think about it and pay attention to it, I was worse. So. I can see your point, and uh, we really need to uh, do our best to try not to fall into those traps in the future, all of us. Everyone listening to the sound of my voice, go out and Elmer somebody. Don't fault them when they make a mistake. We all had to learn. But thank you, Doug, and uh, we will definitely hang on to this one. So the next one is uh, from Bill. And we were talking earlier about, uh, I put out a call that I needed some, some help with some issues concerning the podcast. And, uh, Bill was the one that, uh, ended up coming on board, believe it or not. Bill, uh, KA9WKA. And Bill's a regular listener here. And he's also a regular listener to the other show. And in fact, we've just invited him to start doing show notes over there and, uh, visit with us from time to time on that show. So. Y'all, uh, when y'all get a chance, y'all, uh, go ahead and, uh, listen to the other show. You might hear Bill's, uh, melodic voice happening. In fact, if you'll go download the episode where we talked about Linux Mint, uh, he's in there with us. Hi, Richard. Just listened to episode 37 and has always enjoyed it. Even your rant about rude hams. Unfortunately, we all probably have an example or two of such behavior. In our ham careers, I remember a friend and I went to a local club meeting for the first time and being totally ignored. Evidently, we aren't, we weren't part of the in crowd. While they didn't actually ask us to leave, we certainly weren't invited to come back. Needless to say, we did not return. That was 20 years ago, so we should probably give them another chance. Well, Bill, <laughs> uh, maybe. On the other hand, the spectrum, on the other end of the spectrum, so to speak, I joined another club a few years ago. These folks are great. At each meeting, they ask the new attendees to stand up and introduce themselves and openly welcome them. Thanks to the North Shore Radio Club. North Shore Radio Club. Three cheers for them. As to the plea for assistance, with show notes and anything else, I'd be happy to help. Just let me know uh, what you need. In fact, 
I've attached some show notes I compiled as I listened. Perhaps you'll find them useful. I don't have enough experience with the various streaming systems to offer an option about which I prefer, so I'll leave it up to you. Finally, I'd like to uh, thank you again for having me on the Linux in the Hamshack episode a few weeks ago. I had a great time, and I hope your listeners enjoyed it. Best regards, Bill, KA9WKA. So, y'all, uh, if y'all run across Bill, uh, if y'all run across Bill out there on the air, y'all, uh, take a minute to say hello to him. Okay. So, um, this, uh, segment went excessively long. Uh, there's a lot of email and, uh, I've decided to go ahead and break it here. Uh, y'all hang around a minute and, uh, uh, we'll play a little music and be right back. So move on, baby. 
not least from episode 37 uh we have one from trevor yeah trevor ke5 rrr who is a local to my area and uh, uh is actually a member of the club of which i spoke so dear mr bailey i enjoy your podcast a great deal and thank you for your productions they are very informative and entertaining to date, Marina, KC5ZMY, is to blame for my migration from 11 meters to ham radio, and I will never forget her for it. Well, that's okay. She doesn't forget me, and it's my fault she's in the hobby, but that's okay. RE, episode 37, your comments indicated, uh, indicated uh, were greatly upsetting, uh, indicating, uh, name deleted, were greatly upsetting. And I am, uh, fairly new ham and was in the DARC, Dallas Amateur Radio Club, for two years, which is one of the other clubs I talk about. Uh, I attended three, uh, public service events with them. I was invited to a ham radio in the park by name deleted. It, uh, <clears throat> was that invite that introduced me to the, uh, club. I mentioned two the club president, I had uh, noise in my radio and electrical system. Much to the dismay, to my dismay, it was fo- the following, we- t- much to my dismay, it was the following Wednesday he called me on the radio and informed me he had a solution for my ongoing dilemma. He was kind enough to invite me to his home where he in- installed a device he made to eliminate the whining in my radio. It was this most unselfish act of kindness I will take to my grave. Since that time, I have seen him go out of his way to make others feel welcome to the club. (laughs) Not the club members. I have been a uh, member for just under a year. I attended the event so mentioned in episode 37. Once again, was made made to feel welcome. The APRS was a great asset in my opinion to the event and made logistics seamless i will be forever gratefully grateful for the friendship i have formed with said club the club president is a great friend and mentor he has gone out of his way to spend time with me outside the club as i am often unable to make the meetings due to my work thus my thus my dismay when I heard you reference him as a megalomaniac, dear sir, this is the furthest from the truth in my observation of the man. I respect your opinion. However, I challenge you to set aside your differences 
and get to know him. Now, let me stop there one second. I could wait till the end, but let me stop there one second. Uh, getting to know that person. Um, I've known him for 20 years. You've known him for one or two. I continue. I assure you, he is one of the most kind and honorable souls I have ever had the honor of calling brother. Life is far too short for this type of infighting. There is no infighting. Uh, he won. You seem well too smart. You seem well too smart to have. Oh, I th- you seem to be too smart to have this misread of the club president. For the sake of all the listen that listen to the podcast, I would respectfully ask you to refrain from such inferences to the club president and the club as you have both characters dead wrong. This is most unfair to your listeners and the ham radio community. Thank you in advance. Trevor, KE5RRR. Well, Trevor, uh, I've been a member of that club for, uh, uh, with a split in the middle for close to 10 years. Uh, I've known the person that you're talking about for 20 years. And I think I've had plenty of time to, uh, form my own opinion, which would be a valid opinion because your opinion's just as valid as mine and mine is just as valid as yours. And, uh, after processing this, uh, this is one of those cases where we have to agree to disagree. However, this is my show and I will say what I feel appropriate. And, uh, that's the way I feel about that. Okay. That ends the feedback for episode 37. I know we're going long on this feedback, but, uh, it's okay. We ain't got a, but a few left. So for episode 38, hi, uh, this one comes from Nathan in R5P. Hi, love the show. I drive a truck and deliver animal feed. I leave the yard at about 3 a.m. and your show has been the one to keep me awake for the past two weeks as I went through all of the past shows. I'd be interested in hearing a program on class E AM transmitters. Hmm. Good idea. There's a website, amphone.net and classeradio.com. When I ran across this, I thought I was, uh, it was some amazing and interesting info. Class E transmitters are highly efficient, very cheap, and easy to homebrew. Thanks, Nathan and R5P. Well, that's a good suggestion, Nathan, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and put that on the list uh, so we can uh, kind of get things done. I've, I've kind of fell off of my battery chargers and uh, uh, battery episodes, but I need to finish that uh, particular series up. And then we're going to move on to some of these other show suggestions that have been really, really good. If any of you have any show show suggestions, y'all go ahead and send those in. You can send them to me at my email address or through the website. Uh, next, we have one from N0MWM. And it just says, just listen to your last podcast. Hope everything is going okay with you and your family. I wish I had an, some extra cash at the present time to donate. If there is anything I can do to assist with, with feel free to ask. And, uh, thank you. Uh, right now, uh, we're firming up our new folks that came on and, uh, everything else. And it's like I said, you know, uh, I know that people are strapped for cash, but, uh, 
and uh, don't worry about that too much. But I also know there's a lot of folks out there that got the, that can't afford to donate that uh, haven't taken the time. And uh, we also had another one from N Zero M M W U. Hey, if uh if you would like any reviews in your podcast, I have been working on a couple of them. I haven't gone, uh, haven't got them anywhere near complete, but have been posting it to my site. Hmm. And I haven't had a chance to go over there, believe it or not, but I will go check them out. Uh, just go to the review section. And, uh, that's also from N0MWU. Okay. Banhammer. Uh, I got a fairly lengthy one here because I banned somebody from, uh, from me on Twitter, I well, didn't ban them. I just dropped them where I didn't have to look at them or they couldn't, didn't send me messages and stuff. And it was, uh, because there was spam. And, uh, I spend about an hour a day dealing with spam. That's seven hours a week that I could be putting into the podcast or something, just dealing with spam coming into, uh, well, I've got three, uh, websites, four websites. I've got several websites. I have three email addresses that I check every day and then some that I don't check, but maybe once a week, I spend an hour a day dealing with, dealing with spam. So if I receive a spam over Facebook or I receive a spam over Twitter or something like that, then I'm going to put, I'm going to fix it so I don't get it no more. Anyway, I sent her a, a message that said, uh, Banhammer falleth and clicked the button to shut, shut her down and ended up with an email. And the email states, hello there. I'm the person that you banned on Twitter today. I was unfortunately affected by a worm, which you can read about here. And it gives a link to a Twitter worm. You were the only person out of many who that wrote, wrote me about the worm affecting my account. That was rude. No. You were the only one that ascribed malice and therefore stood out like a sore thumb. I don't think the banhammer falleth ascribes malice or uh, anything else. Uh, I'm sure you ne- have never been affected by a virus. No, I haven't. Uh, wife has. I haven't. Uh, a failed backup. Mm, no, don't remember one. Misaddressed email. No, I normally check them before I send them and have never hit send a minute too early. Now that I have done. I bet you never blurted out something you instantly regretted. No, normally because they deserved it. And you probably have never gone over the speed limit every time I get on the highway I do. Taking something without paying for it, never. And let a white lie escape your perfect lips. White lies? Well, you know what? When you deal with women, you have to tell them. The next time that something trips you up and the uh, people around you choose to overlook it or gasp, bother to stop and help you, I hope you remember your careless, tactless, and just plain rude remark to me. I was a fan of your show, a fan of yours, and have recommended your podcast to other hams since I edited the uh, 
Ham Radio Club newsletter. I am uh, personally aware of how much work it takes to build a reputation and continue producing quality work on its schedule. I was very disappointed that you treated me with such contempt over something that I did not intentionally do. I would not have mistreated you in kind. And I'm not going to give her name. Uh, I'm not even going to say what her Twitter, her Twitter uh, address is or a call sign. But I will say this. A, using a deficient operating system without proper virus software will cause problems like that. B, I don't have the time to deal with spam. C, uh, you're ascribing rudeness, uh, anger, upsetness. Nope. If I was only doing it to you, it'd be a different matter. Four, uh, I understand that, uh, you feel that you've been mistreated, but if you had to deal with the spam that I have to deal with, uh, it wouldn't be an issue. So I will put this out. If I receive a piece of spam from anybody, and I've said this on the other show, if I receive a piece of spam and I don't immediately get an explanation for it, you will be dropped from email lists. You will be, uh, taken off my Twitter, Identica, whatever, Facebook. It doesn't matter if you are a ham radio operator on the other side of the planet or one of my family, you will be removed from the list. And since this rule goes for everybody, then this personal attack that you're perceiving and uh, wearing your feelings on your sleeve about, I apologize. And I know you've been a listener for a long time. But unfortunately, a rule has to be a rule for everybody. You can't selectively enforce it. Thank you. Now, let's move on to the next one, because like I said, this segment's getting really long. Uh, this one comes from Don. KB2YSI. I just finished podcast 38 and you really have got my juices flowing to get my general license so I can start using HF gear that I was left when my father passed away. I cannot remember the model of the radio, but I have a 10 tech that I can, uh, can't wait to fire up and make my first contact under my new, under my call sign. I am just getting back into the hobby. After a 10 to 11 year absence due to graduating high school and going to college. So upgrading my license will be a good way to dive headlong back into the hobby. So, uh, hobby. As for the two ATs from episode 37, that was my father, my father's radio of choice. I still have it and both of its brothers. 220 and 440 versions. I cannot remember for sure their models. Maybe 4AT for the 440, but not the 220. People always make fun of him about them, but those radios are tanks. Throw on a eight cell battery pack and you have a portable that will last for well over a day of use. When I got my license, he bought me a Radio Shack 2-meter portable, which used the same battery packs, and he ended up getting one for himself years later. Although I think he only used it in public, the 2AT 
was still his main radio. 73 Don KB2YSI. And uh, I never actually used a 2AT, but those HTX 202s are uh, designed around the old 2AT. And I guarantee you, they were workhorses, workhorses. I still have one sitting on the desk here running, which is uh, running my APRS experiment that I'm uh, researching for the other show. And they are fantastic radios. They did have an issue with the uh, backup battery, but you know what? Nothing's perfect. So thank you, Don, for writing in. And uh, let us know when you get that upgrade because uh, we'll sure enough tell everybody about it. Okay, next we have a have one from David Johnson, uh, uh, David, KB5YLG over, uh, well, David gets around. He's with the Baptist men. He's a, a member of the club over at, uh, over in Azel. He's, uh, David really gets around. I believe we had uh, David on the uh, episode where we talked about the Texas Baptist men. And it says, I hope resonant frequency will be represented in CTEC. Hamfest on Saturday, November 14. Uh, come check it out. Now, Dave, I've been to NC Tech before. Um, uh, I like it. It's a good, good ham fest. It's, uh, out there in Azel, Texas, y'all. So those of you around the DFW area, if you know where Azel is, it's out there. Uh, y'all can go over and find out more about it at www.wc5c.org. That's whiskeycharlie5charlie.org. Uh, go on over and take a look at that. If you have an opportunity, ease on down to NC Tech. Uh, uh, I'm going to try and get out there myself, uh, because of work conditions and family considerations and everything else. My schedule is kind of chopped full, but if I can carve out a piece of time like I did for Belton, uh, we're going to go down there for a little bit. And uh, thank you for reminding me about it, David, so I can let everybody know. NC Tech on uh, uh, November 14th in Azel. Y'all uh, go over to the website and check it out. Last but not least, I've got one from uh, Eddie, KJ6CEA. We get a lot of California folks uh, listening to us. And it says, I have recently found this podcast and took over a month to catch up. I'm glad to, I'm glad you have started a podcast. I have only found two that are not talking only about news. Are you sure you're listening to this one, Eddie? Uh, because, uh, news, I think the only episode we ever did that was news related was episode one. That's why I keep trying to drop it and nobody will let me. Uh, I am a new ham at 14 and got my, license <laughs> license uh in march and upgraded to general in september extra is coming up soon but it is in no rush i came into ownership of ts440 even though i own it it is at a different location so i cannot get it until christmas and am working on a computer interface for digital modes as well my HF station will be up and running by February and hope to meet you on HF or maybe a SCAD. I haven't uh, listened to Linux in the Ham Shack, but it is downloaded and is waiting to be played. Keep up the good work, Eddie, KJ6CEA. I love new hams. 
fresh young minds to be perverted in the ham radio arts. I love it. Eddie, I'm glad you're on board, man. You let us know when that extra upgrade comes in. As far as TS-440, you're going to love it because if it's aligned, it's one of the greatest radios that ever happened. I had four of them at one time, and I lost my mind, decided I wanted one of these little dinky uh, Japanese radios and sold them all, and I wish I hadn't done it. And as far as uh, computer interfaces, check out uh, PacketRadio.com, Buckscom. They have a low-end interface over there. It's not very expensive. It's pretty well, uh, what one might need to start out with. And, uh, it's a way cheaper than rig blaster, way cheaper, but, uh, you keep up the good work and let us know how you're coming out. Cause I want to hear about these upgrades. And when you guys upgrade, I want to know about it because we're going to tell everybody about it. Now we've gone and done most of the show and feedback and I know you guys are needing a break. So let's play some music and we'll be right back.
Okay, so uh, I promised y'all a, a wrap-up from Belton, Texas. Now, I thought we'd uh, we'd move to that pretty quickly. Uh, my father and I went down to Belton, Texas at the uh, Belton Ham Fest on October, I believe it was the 6th. Might have been the 5th. Anyway, we went on down there and uh, visited with some folks. Uh, we got down there. Things were... Uh, Things were still pretty quiet because it was kind of early. And, uh, we walked on into the building and there was a pretty good representation of, uh, 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 vendor and non-vendor folks at the ham fest. Unfortunately, we never really got out to the parking lot because we were busy inside meeting and greeting and shaking hands and stuff like that. However, uh, first place we came up on and had an opportunity to stop and talk with some folks was, believe it or not, the Flex Radio Systems booth out there. And for those of y'all that, uh, are not familiar with Flex Systems, they are, uh, or Flex Radio Systems, they are, uh, one of the providers for the amateur radio community of a, uh, software-defined radios. And, uh, we'll get into that a little bit more after the uh, after the break but uh had an opportunity to talk to greg wd0acd and wa5 uh qpz for a little while and uh got to take a look at what they had to show out there and everything else and i'd like to thank greg and dudley for uh for being so helpful and willing to stand there and talk with us for a while and uh you know let us uh have some information on what was going on with them but like i said we'll go further into that um uh, after the break so we eased on down through there and we ran across a few folks my father uh stopped one place he's got this fondness for uh, yezu ft 107 uh, radios which is one of the first radios he and i both had we kind of shared it uh he had it a while and then i had it a while and we both loved it and he still got his original even though the finals are burned out on it and uh uh he stood there and talked with uh, Royce, KB5VVT, for a little while and, uh, finally decided that he was going to, uh, he was going to go ahead and buy this FT107 that was sitting down there. Now, uh, uh, I'd like to thank Royce and I don't think he got who was trying to get over us on us or anything. And my father has the worst electronics karma in the world but he did bring it home and run it for about 10 hours before the finals quit on it so <laughs> uh anyway so we moved on down through there we stopped and talked to uh uh doggone it henry henry uh uh w what is his call sign now uh w5bug used to be uh wd5tyd i think henry allen um, and Henry's one of the guys that, uh, builds the Texas bug catchers. And, uh, uh, if you ask Henry, he would say he was the first, uh, whether he is or not, I don't know, but I like Henry, so I'm not going to quiz him on it. So, uh, we, we stood and talked to Henry for a while. And unfortunately, uh, the last show we were supposed to let everybody know about the Texoma Hammerama. Unfortunately, we ran out of time and weren't able to do that. So, uh, sorry about that. Next year, we will make sure we have, uh, plenty of information ready for the Texoma Hammerama so that, uh, you folks can be, uh, ready to go that direction. So, uh, we talked with Henry and his wife a little while and then we moved on down a little further and, uh, I was able to catch up with the guys from, uh, SWOT, the Sidewinders on two. Now the Sidewinders on two is a, uh, a, uh, sideband group 
And even though it's uh, Sidewinders on two, which I'm sure at one point uh, they primarily uh, are began on two meter sideband, uh, they are more of a sideband group for VHF and above. So uh, we're going to get back with those guys, uh, the guys at Flex Radio and the guys at uh, Sidewinders on two. We've asked them to come on the show when and if we can get our uh, interview situation straightened out get some folks on here and talk with them but uh they're a bunch of good guys if you're in the dfw area or even if you want to just get on the uh, internet and look them up uh that's the sidewinders on two uh they're low i know that they have a chapter here in dfw i don't know if they're based out of dfw but i know they have a chapter here so we moved down a little further and uh, uh checked out a few more things checked on the wire man who's been uh invisible at some of the local ham fests up here lately uh went over and talked to rick the uh the sign man from baton rouge talked to him and his wife a little while and uh they were out there uh, burning off name tags just fast as uh, fast and furious the whole time they were there then we went ahead and moved on down and uh located a guy well not really we went after hot dog I was trying to make myself look better and it didn't work out. Uh, we moved over to get us a hot dog and something to drink. We were standing there and it just so happened while we were standing there in line, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Woolweaver, the uh, West Gulf division director, uh, got in line behind us. And as he was coming out of line, I stopped him, talked to him for a few minutes and, uh, we talked about the show. We talked about, uh, amateur radio operators in general and, uh, my impending departure from, uh, section level, uh, section level, uh, league duties and that kind of stuff. And, uh, we are also going to try and get Dr. Woolweaver on here. I know, uh, we try not to push a league around here very much, but occasionally it's not, uh, it's not going to hurt to talk to these guys. So, uh, yes, we'd like to especially thank Dr. Woolweaver for being so gracious and having the time to talk with us out there. And, uh, it's not often that, uh, I would get a chance to interact with him because he lives in far South Texas and I live in far North Texas or what you could consider far North Texas. So in the process, we, we, uh, we came back with, uh, FT 107, uh, M, which, uh, is unhappy. Uh, we picked up a TS 50 for my truck and a couple of antennas and we had a great time down there. I'd like to thank everybody down in Belton at the Bell County, uh, Expo Center for, uh, uh, showing us such a great time while we were down there. So that's pretty much the Belton wrap up. We're, uh, going to move on to another segment here and, uh, y'all just hang on.
right. So in this segment, let's talk about uh, software-defined radios. Uh, we were down at Belton, my father and I, and uh, the first booth we came to down there was manned by a couple of fellas. There was Greg, uh, Greg WD0ACD, who is uh, from Flex Radio, also uh, Dudley, WA5QPZ, and these guys are from Flex Radio out of Austin, Texas. And what they were showing down there were software-defined radios. Now, for some of us, software-defined radios is one of those things we hear about. We hear about SDR radios, and we really don't know a whole lot about what's going on with them and uh, everything else. And I promise I will try and get these guys on the show at some point so that uh, we can talk to them, quiz them, and find out everything there is to know. But as for right now, let me go ahead and uh, bring you what I've been able to uncover on software-defined radios. Now, uh, what uh, Flex Radio says is that a software-defined radio is a collection of hardware and software technologies that enable reconfigurable system architectures for wireless communications. Now, what that means in plain, simple Hamish is that uh, a uh, software-defined radio is a box with all the radio stuff in it and standard radio and computer connections on it that you plug into your computer, plug into your antennas, and uh, you use software to... uh, run the rig as the interface, same as the front panel on your radio. Uh, you can up where you upgrade your firmware and that kind of stuff via computer and everything else. So, uh, these things are capable of doing just about anything an HF rig can do. And, uh, some models will even go up into VHF or, uh, I believe higher, uh, right offhand, the, uh, I know they do go all the way up into the two meter range and all the way back down into the 160 meter range. Now, this is a, this is a pretty uh, interesting setup and I wish I could get my hands on one to play with it, but it's my understanding that, uh, all you really do is hook the thing up, get it plugged in, get it hooked up to your computer and, uh, and rock and roll. Now, there is a fairly extensive uh, front end for this thing. Uh, we were able to look at it, and, you know, the pictures on their website really don't do it justice because they had it on like a 42 or 48-inch flat-screen television down there showing it off. And uh, for those of you that have used something like Ham Radio Deluxe or uh, possibly even some parts fl digi this looks very very similar okay now doing a little more research i found out and uh i'm not actually looking at that material at the moment so i'm having to to pick this off the top of my head but um the idea for software defined radios started with the military back in the 70s and they were trying to find uh uh lower cost more dependable kind of way to operate their radio systems and stuff something that would be easier to upgrade and change around if they needed to and that kind of stuff so uh, they started pursuing this it's only been in the last uh i don't know few years 
that these uh, SDR radios have really started to become available to the amateur radio community. Now, I'm talking about flex radio simply because those are the guys that I met out there that inspired this segment, and I'm sure there are other manufacturers out there. However, after uh, there being an article in QST a few months back about the, uh, I think it was the Flex 1500 radio, which is a, uh, it's a uh, QRP radio to my knowledge, um, entry-level QRP radio to, with, uh, huh, it appears you can do uh, VHF and microwave operations with the 1500. Uh, unfortunately, these, uh, these radios, like I said, I really haven't checked into it much, but the uh, 1500's a uh, five, five watt radio. It's a QRP radio. However, it does have the capabilities to do all this stuff. And you guys know, if you've been around any time at all, you know, five watts is as good as 5,000 watts. If things are, if everything's right, your antennas are good, conditions are good, that kind of stuff. Now they do have full hundred watt radios also um they do have full 100 watt radios also and these things they're they're small they don't take up a lot of room uh they've got a couple of controls on the front or a couple of places to plug in a headphone and a key and a microphone on the front and the rest of it is totally software driven um checking out the back on this thing it appears they uh they hook up via firewire connection and uh have connectors and everything you need they run on 12 volts and all this good stuff i'm looking at the 3000 at the moment which is the next one up from the uh, 1500 and it appears to be a fully featured and it's not showing me the output y'all I'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> Y'all know how I am. And, uh, let's see. Firewire connection has a, uh, TX, uh, TCXO for stable frequency operation. And it is a full 100 watt full duty cycle. Oh, it had the, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so the next one up is the three is the three thousand. They they continue up from there. Uh, the higher you go, the more features they have. Um, I've lost the area where the uh, features are listed, but that's okay. Anyway, this is something y'all might want to give a give a try out. And I'm sorry, this segment's not a not a lot longer. One thing I will tell you is that these radios are pricey. Uh, the couple places I've looked is uh <laughs> they say they're mid-range hf radios well you know it's always people who are in the radio business that think something like that is mid-range uh mid-range for us regular amateur radio operators is between 500 and 1200 dollars uh these uh start in the neighborhood of 12 on the low end and go up from there but if you're really serious about your radio or you're really interested in something like this you know just like any other technology which is out there on the forefront whether it's d-star or uh some of the other stuff it's going to be more expensive and as more and more of these uh 
more and more of these uh, transceivers become available, they're probably going to start to come down in price one way or another, either they're on the uh, on the primary market or the secondary market. And, uh, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. After talking to, uh, talking to Dudley a little while out there, uh, he's, uh, he's on the, in the support side of Flex Radio. And we were talking for a while and I, I can't believe I almost forgot this knowing that, uh, a lot of you guys listen to both shows, but it is currently only available for Windows and Mac. But I've been assured, or was assured while I was standing there, that they are currently uh, working on getting a uh, a uh, a setup available so that the software can be run on Linux, on your Linux operating machine or operating system, because uh, he expressed that they understood that they were missing out on a, a big chunk of the amateur radio market because uh, a lot of ham radio operators are moving over to Linux. So at some point, it will be available. I explained to him that if it'll run on a Mac, then it shouldn't be that hard to make it run on Linux because, uh, well, for those of y'all that keep up, you know why. So there you go, folks. Flex radio or uh, software defined radios. If you want to read up a little bit on them, uh, go over and check out the website as it were. Uh, head on over to www.flex-radio, flex-radio.com. And, uh, uh, if you get a chance to shake Dudley or, uh, Greg's hand out at one of these ham fests, walk on over there. They're really friendly guys. They're, they'll be happy to answer all your questions. I don't want this to sound like a commercial forum because I'm not getting paid for it right now. Uh, in the future, if they want me to do a commercial forum, then we'll talk about them dropping a donation on the resonant frequency of the amateur radio podcast. But at this time, they're not. So, uh, we're coming up on the time of year when, uh, when things are going to be kind of dead, but you know, after the first year, the, the ham fest will be hot and heavy and y'all don't forget about the, uh, send, uh, LHS to Dayton fund while I'm thinking about it. Go check the other website for that. Okay. Well, with that, I guess, uh, we pretty much said all we can say at this point about software defined radios and, uh, we'll be right back. Time to make it tight. Life's much more than just a game. Win or lose, you're the one to blame. But if you take your time, I'm feeling fine. All the things you want, you better put them in front. If you take a look, life's a open book. But you gotta turn the page sometimes. How much farther do you go? Some self-control There's a time to ease the pain 
don't help us to feel ashamed. Well, if you take your time, not feeling fine. Now the birds you want, you better put them in front. If you take a look, that's an open book. But you gotta turn the page sometimes. Some time to make it tight. Life's much more than just a game. Win or lose, you don't want to blame. Well, if you take your time, start feeling fine. All the things you want, you better put on in front. If you take that look, go another extended episode of resonant frequency the amateur radio podcast in the can all righty thank you all for hanging in there with us um i got to thinking about that first uh, segment if uh, y'all want us to do a second episode a month it's just feedback and we can get enough feedback in i wouldn't have a problem with that at all in fact had i noticed there was so much i probably would have done it without uh without thinking about it if you want to leave feedback send me an email at kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com or uh, send it through one of the websites uh, blacksparrowmedia.com or rfpodcast.info or catch me on twitter i'm on there occasionally identica facebook Uh, we have a fan page over at facebook if you want to go check that out and uh just there are multiple ways to get feedback in here you may even try the forums i'm not sure if they're going to hang around too terribly much longer but uh we'll uh we'll let y'all know how that's going to work out uh just go over to blacksparrowmedia.com and click on the forum link um what else uh don't think there's much of anything else other than i want y'all to uh, take a little time when you get the opportunity to stop and uh, and uh, think about the folks down there at Fort Hood. Not only the fallen, but the heroes. Uh, Lieutenant General Cone, Kimberly uh, Munley, the police officer, the great folks at Scott White Hospital Trauma Center, uh, all of them folks down there. And uh, with that, I think we've pretty much got everything covered. The music on this episode was furnished by Iota PromoNet. And I'd like to thank all the folks that uh, helped make this show possible, including uh, not only Bill, K9WKA, and uh, Russ, K5TUX, but also uh, uh, my wife, who has no call. Anyway, uh, y'all have a great great, uh, November. Y'all don't forget to uh, do some shopping at Amazon for us, and uh, we'll go ahead and... uh, I guess cut the cord and we will talk to y'all later. You have a great, great Thanksgiving.
73 is everybody. Oh, I said 73. 73, everybody.